0: October 28th through November 3rd, of Morning and Evening Daily Readings. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Morning and Evening Daily Readings, by Charles Spurgeon. Morning, October 28th. I have chosen you out of the world. John 15, verse 19. Here is distinguishing grace and discriminating regard. For some are made the special objects of divine affection. Do not be afraid to dwell upon this high doctrine of election. When your mind is most heavy and depressed, you will find it to be a bottle of richest cordial. Those who doubt the doctrines of grace or who cast them into the shade miss the richest clusters of eshcol. They lose the wines on the leaves well refined, the fat things full of marrow. There is no balm in Gilead comparable to it. If the honey in Jonathan's wood, when but touched, enlightened the eyes, this is honey which will enlighten your heart to love and learn the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Eat, and fear not a surfeit. Live upon this choice dainty and fear not that it will be too delicate a diet meat from the king's table will hurt none of his courtiers desire to have your mind enlarged that you may comprehend more and more the eternal everlasting discriminating love of god when you have mounted as high as election tarry on its sister mount the covenant of grace Covenant engagements are the munitions of the stupendous rock behind which we lie entrenched. Covenant engagements with the surety, Christ Jesus, are the quiet, resting places of trembling spirits. His oath, His covenant, His blood, support me in the raging flood. When every earthly prop gives way, this still is all my strength and stay if jesus undertook to bring me to glory and if the father promised that he would give me to the son to be a part of the infinite reward of the travail of his soul then my soul till god himself shall be unfaithful till jesus shall cease to be the truth thou art safe when david danced before the ark he told michael that election made him do so come my soul exult before the god of grace and leap. FOR JOY OF HEART. EVENING, OCTOBER 28 HIS HEAD IS AS THE MOST FINE GOLD. HIS LOCKS ARE BUSHY, AND BLACK AS A RAVEN. SONG OF SOLOMON 5, VERSE 11 COMPARISONS ALL FAIL TO SET FORTH THE LORD JESUS, BUT THE SPOUSE USES THE BEST WITHIN HER REACH. BY THE HEAD OF JESUS WE MAY UNDERSTAND HIS DEITY, for the head of Christ is God. And then, the ingot of purest gold is the best conceivable metaphor. But all too poor to describe one so precious, so pure, so dear, so glorious. Jesus is not a grain of gold, but a vast globe of it, a priceless mass of treasure such as earth and heaven cannot excel. The creatures are mere iron and clay. They all shall perish like wood, hay and stubble but the ever-living head of the creation of god shall shine on for ever and ever in him is no mixture nor smallest taint of alloy he is for ever infinitely holy and altogether divine the bushy locks depict his manly vigour there is nothing effeminate in our beloved he is the manliest of men bold as a lion laborious as an ox swift as an eagle every conceivable and inconceivable beauty is to be found in him though once he was despised and rejected of men his head the finest gold with secret sweet perfume his curled locks hang all as black as any raven's plume the glory of his head is not shorn away he is eternally crowned with peerless majesty The black hair indicates youthful freshness, for Jesus has the dew of his youth upon him. Others grow languid with age, but he is forever a priest, as was Melchizedek. Others come and go, but he abides as God upon his throne, world without end. We would behold him tonight and adore him. Angels are gazing upon him. His redeemed must not turn away their eyes from him. Where else is there such a beloved? Oh, for an hour's fellowship with him. Away, ye intruding cares. Jesus draws me, and I run after him. Morning, October 29. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, etc. Matthew 6, verse 9. This prayer begins where all true prayer must commence, with the spirit of adoption. Our Father. There is no acceptable prayer until we can say, I will arise and go unto my Father. This childlike spirit soon perceives the grandeur of the Father in heaven and ascends to devout adoration. Hallowed be thy name. The child lisping, Abba, Father, grows into the cherub crying, holy 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 there is but a step from rapturous worship to the glowing missionary spirit which is a sure outgrowth of filial love and reverent adoration thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven next follows the heartfelt expression of dependence upon god give us this day our daily bread Being further illuminated by the Spirit, he discovers that he is not only dependent, but sinful. Hence, he entreats for mercy. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And, being pardoned, having the righteousness of Christ imputed, and knowing his acceptance with God, he humbly supplicates for holy perseverance. Lead us not into temptation. The man who is really forgiven is anxious not to offend again. The possession of justification leads to an anxious desire for sanctification. Forgive us our debts. That is justification. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That is sanctification in its negative and positive forms. As the result of all this, there follows a triumphant ascription of praise. Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We rejoice that our King reigns in providence and shall reign in grace. From the river even to the ends of the earth and of His dominion there shall be no end. Thus, from a sense of adoption up to fellowship with our reigning Lord, This short model of prayer conducts the soul. Lord, teach us thus to pray. Evening, October 29. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. Luke 24, verse 16. The disciples ought to have known Jesus. They had heard his voice so often and gazed upon that marred face so frequently, that it is wonderful they did not discover him. Yet is it not so with you also? You have not seen Jesus lately. You have been to his table, and you have not met him there. You are in a dark trouble this evening, and though he plainly says, It is I, be not afraid, yet you cannot discern him alas our eyes are holden we know his voice we have looked into his face we have leaned our head upon his bosom and yet though christ is very near us we are saying oh that i knew where i might find him we should know jesus for we have the scriptures to reflect his image and yet how possible it is for us to open that precious book and have no glimpse of the well beloved dear child of god are you in that state jesus feedeth among the lilies of the word and you walk among those lilies and yet you behold him not he is accustomed to walk through the glades of scripture and to commune with his people as the father did with adam in the cool of the day and yet you are in the garden of scriptures but cannot see him though he is always there And why do we not see him? It must be ascribed to our case, as in the disciples, to unbelief. They evidently did not expect to see Jesus, and therefore they did not know him. To a great extent in such spiritual things, we get what we expect of the Lord. Faith alone can bring us to see Jesus. Make it your prayer. Lord, open thou mine eyes. THAT I MAY SEE MY SAVIOR PRESENT WITH ME. IT IS A BLESSED THING TO WANT TO SEE HIM, BUT, OH, IT IS FAR BETTER TO GAZE UPON HIM. TO THOSE WHO SEEK HIM HE IS KIND, BUT TO THOSE WHO FIND HIM BEYOND EXPRESSION IS HE DEAR. MORNING, OCTOBER 30 I WILL PRAISE THEE, O LORD, Psalm 9, verse 1. Praise should always follow answered prayer, as the mist of earth's gratitude rises when the sun of heaven's love warms the ground. Hath the Lord been gracious to thee, and inclined his ear to the voice of thy supplication? Then praise him as long as thou livest. Let the ripe fruit drop upon the fertile soil from which it drew its life deny not a song to him who hath answered thy prayer and given thee the desire of thy heart to be silent over god's mercies is to incur the guilt of ingratitude it is to act as basely as the nine lepers who after they had been cured of their leprosy returned not to give thanks unto the healing lord to forget to praise god is to refuse to benefit ourselves for praise like prayer is one great means of promoting the growth of the spiritual life it helps to remove our burdens to excite our hope to increase our faith it is a healthful and invigorating exercise which quickens the pulse of the believer and nerves him for fresh enterprises in his master's service to bless god for mercies received is also the way to benefit our fellow man. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Others who have been in like circumstances shall take comfort if we can say, O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. Weak hearts will be strengthened, and drooping saints will be revived as they listen to our songs of deliverance. Their doubts and fears will be rebuked as we teach and admonish one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. They too shall sing in the ways of the Lord when they hear us magnify His holy name. Praise is the most heavenly of Christian duties. The angels pray not, But they cease not to praise both day and night. And the redeemed, clothed in white robes, With palm branches in their hands, Are never weary of singing the new song, Worthy is the Lamb. Evening, October 30 Thou that dwellest in the gardens, The companions hearken to thy voice, Cause me to hear it. Song of Solomon eight verse thirteen my sweet lord jesus remembers well the garden of gethsemane and although he has left that garden he now dwells in the garden of his church there he unbosoms himself to those who keep his blessed company that voice of love with which he speaks to his beloved is more musical than the harps of heaven there is a depth of melodious love within it which leaves all human music far behind ten of thousands on earth and millions above are indulged with its harmonious accents some whom i well know and whom i greatly envy are at this moment hearkening to the beloved voice oh that i were a partaker of their joys it is true some of these are poor others bedridden and some near the gates of death but o my lord i would cheerfully starve with them pine with them or die with them if i might but hear thy voice once i did hear it often but i have grieved thy spirit return unto me in compassion and once again say unto me i am thy salvation no other voice can content me i know thy voice and cannot be deceived by another let me hear it i pray thee i know not what thou wilt say neither do i make any conditions o my beloved but do let me hear thee speak and if it be a rebuke i will bless thee for it perhaps to cleanse my dull ear may need an operation very grievous to the flesh but let it cost what it may i turn not from the one consuming desire cause me to hear thy voice bore my ear afresh pierce my ear with thy harshest notes only do not permit me to continue deaf to thy calls tonight lord grant thine unworthy one his desire for i am thine and thou hast bought me with thy blood thou hast opened mine eye to see thee and the sight has saved me Lord. Open thou mine ear, I have read thy heart, now let me hear thy lips. Morning, October 31. Renew a right spirit within me. Psalm 51, verse 10. A backslider, if there be a spark of life left in him, will groan after restoration. In this renewal... The same exercise of grace is required as at our conversion. We needed repentance then. We certainly need it now. We wanted faith that we might come to Christ at first. Only the like grace can bring us to Jesus now. We wanted a word from the Most High, a word from the lip of the Loving One, to end our fears then. We shall soon discover, when under a sense of present sin, that we need it now no man can be renewed without as real and true a manifestation of the holy spirit's energy as he felt at first because the work is as great and flesh and blood are as much in the way now as ever they were let thy personal weakness o christian be an argument to make thee pray earnestly to thy god for help Remember. David, when he felt himself to be powerless, did not fold his arms or close his lips, but he hastened to the mercy seat with, Renew a right spirit within me. Let not the doctrine that you, unaided, can do nothing, make you sleep, but let it be a goad in your side to drive you with an awful earnestness to Israel's strong helper. Oh, that you may have grace to plead with God, as though you pleaded for your very life lord renew a right spirit within me he who sincerely prays to god to do this will prove his honesty by using the means through which god works be much in prayer live much upon the word of god kill the lusts which have driven your lord from you be careful to watch over the future uprisings of sin the lord has his own appointed ways Sit by the wayside, and you will be ready when he passes by. Continue in all those blessed ordinances which will foster and nourish your dying graces. And, knowing that all the power must proceed from him, cease not to cry. Renew a right spirit within me. Evening, October 31. I did know thee in the wilderness, in the land of great drought. Hosea 13, verse 5. Yes, Lord, thou didst indeed know me in my fallen state, and thou didst even then choose me for thyself. When I was loathsome and self-abhorred, thou didst receive me as thy child, and thou didst satisfy my craving wants. Blessed forever be thy name for this free, rich, abounding mercy. Since then, my inward experience has often been a wilderness. But thou hast owned me still as thy beloved, and poured streams of love and grace into me to gladden me and make me fruitful. Yea, when my outward circumstances have been at the worst, and I have wandered in a land of drought, thy sweet presence has solaced me. Men have not known me when scorn has awaited me, but thou hast known my soul in adversities, for no affliction dims the luster of thy love. Most gracious Lord, I magnify thee for all thy faithfulness to me in trying circumstances, and I deplore that I should at any time have forgotten thee and been exalted in heart, when I have owned all to thy gentleness and love. Have mercy upon thy servant in this thing. My soul, if Jesus thus acknowledged thee in thy low estate, be sure that thou own both himself and his cause now, that thou art in thy prosperity. Be not lifted up by thy worldly successes, so as to be ashamed of the truth, or of the poor church with which thou hast been associated. Follow Jesus into the wilderness, bear the cross with him when the heat of persecution grows hot he owned thee o oh my soul in thy poverty and shame never be so treacherous as to be ashamed of him Oh for more shame at the thought of being ashamed of my best beloved jesus my soul cleaveth to thee i'll turn to thee in days of light as well as nights of care thou brightest amid all that's bright thou fairest of the fair morning november one the church in thy house philemon two is there a church in this house are parents children friends servants all members of it or are some still unconverted let us pause here and let the question go round am i a member of the church in this house How would father's heart leap for joy and mother's eyes fill with holy tears if from the eldest to the youngest all were saved? Let us pray for this great mercy until the Lord shall grant it to us. Probably it had been the dearest object of Philemon's desires to have all his household saved. But it was not at first granted him in its fullness. He had a wicked servant Onesimus who, having wronged him, ran away from his service. His master's prayers followed him, and at last, as God would have it, Onesimus was led to hear Paul preach. His heart was touched, and he returned to Philemon, not only to be a faithful servant, but a brother beloved, adding another member to the church in Philemon's house. Is there an unconverted servant or child absent this morning? Make special supplication that such may, on their return to their home, gladden all hearts with good news of what grace has done. Is there one present? Let him partake in the same earnest entreaty. If there be such a church in our house, let us order it well, and let all act as in the sight of God. Let us move in the common affairs of life with studied holiness, diligence, kindness, and integrity more is expected of a church than of an ordinary household family worship must in such a case be more devout and hearty internal love must be more warm and unbroken and external conduct must be more sanctified and christ-like we need not fear that the smallness of our number will put us out of the list of churches for the holy spirit has here enrolled a family Church in the inspired book of remembrance. As a church, let us now draw nigh to the great head of the one church universal, and let us beseech Him to give us grace to shine before men to the glory of His name. Evening, November 1. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Matthew 24. Verse 39. Universal was the doom, neither rich nor poor escaped, the learned and the illiterate, the admired and the abhorred, the religious and the profane, the old and the young. All sank in one common ruin. Some had doubtless ridiculed the patriarch, where now their merry jests. Others had threatened him for his zeal, which they counted madness. Where now their boastings, and hard speeches? The critic who judged the old man's work is drowned in the same sea which covers his sneering companions. Those who spoke patronizingly of the good man's fidelity to his convictions, but shared not in them, have sunk to rise no more. And the workers who for pay helped to build the wondrous ark are all lost also. The flood swept them all away, and made no single exception. Even so, out of Christ, final destruction is sure to every man of woman born. No rank, possession, or character shall suffice to save a single soul who has not believed in the Lord Jesus. My soul, behold this widespread judgment, and tremble at it. How marvelous the general apathy! They were all eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, till the awful morning dawned. There was not one wise man upon earth out of the ark. Folly duped the whole race. Folly as to self-preservation, the most foolish of all follies. Folly in doubting the most true God, the most malignant of fooleries. Strange, my soul, is it not? All men are negligent of their souls till grace gives them reason. Then they leave their madness and act like rational beings. But not till then. All, blessed be God, were safe in the ark. No ruin entered there. From the huge elephant down to the tiny mouse, all were safe. The timid hare was equally secure with the courageous lion. The helpless coney as safe as the laborious ox. All are safe in Jesus. My soul, art thou in him? Morning, November 2. I am the Lord. I change not. Malachi 3, verse 6. It is well for us that amidst all the variableness of life, there is one whom change cannot affect. One whose heart can never alter, And on whose brow mutability Can make no furrows. All things else have changed. All things are changing. The sun itself grows dim with age. The world is waxing old. The folding up of the worn-out vesture Has commenced. The heavens and earth must soon pass away. They shall perish. They shall wax old as doth a garment but there is one who only hath immortality, of whose years there is no end, and in whose person there is no change. The delight which the mariner feels when, after having been tossed about for many a day, he steps again upon the solid shore, is the satisfaction of a Christian when, amidst all the changes of this troublous life, he rests the foot of his faith upon this truth. I am the Lord. I change not. The stability which the anchor gives the ship when it has at last obtained a hold fast is like that which the Christian's hope affords him when it fixes itself upon this glorious truth. With God is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Whatever his attributes were of old, they are now. His power, his wisdom, his justice, his truth, Are alike unchanged. He has ever been the refuge of his people, their stronghold in the day of trouble, and he is their sure helper still. He is unchanged in his love. He has loved his people with an everlasting love. He loves them now as much as he ever did. And when all earthly things shall have melted in the last conflagration, his love will still wear the dew of its youth. Precious is the assurance that he changes not. The wheel of providence revolves, but its axle is eternal love. Death and change are busy ever. Man decays and ages move. But his mercy waneth never. God is wisdom. God is love. Evening, November 2. Horror hath taken hold upon me because of the wicked that forsake thy law. Psalm 119 verse 53 My soul, feelest thou this holy shuddering at the sins of others? For otherwise thou lackest inward holiness. David's cheeks were wet with rivers of water because of prevailing unholiness. Jeremiah desired eyes like fountains that he might lament the iniquities of Israel. And Lot was vexed with the conversation of the men of Sodom. Those upon whom the mark was set in Ezekiel's vision were those who sighed and cried for the abominations of Jerusalem. It cannot but grieve gracious souls to see what pains men take to go to hell. They know the evil of sin experimentally, and they are alarmed to see others flying like moths into its blaze. Sin makes the righteous shudder, because it violates a holy law, which is to every man's highest interest to keep. It pulls down the pillars of the commonwealth. Sin in others horrifies a believer, because it puts him in mind of the baseness of his own heart, and when he sees a transgressor, he cries with the saint mentioned by Bernard. He fell today, and I may fall tomorrow. Sin to a believer is horrible because it crucified the Savior. He sees in every iniquity the nails and spear. How can a saved soul behold that cursed kill? Christ's sin without abhorrence. Say, my heart, dost thou sensibly join in all this? Is it an awful thing to insult God to his face? The good God deserves better treatment. The great God claims it, the just God will have it, or repay his adversary to his face. An awakened heart trembles at the audacity of sin, and stands alarmed at the contemplation of its punishment. How monstrous a thing is rebellion! How direful a doom is prepared for the ungodly! My soul, never laugh at sin's fooleries, lest thou come to smile at sin itself it is thine enemy and thy lord's enemy view it with detestation for so only canst thou evidence the possession of holiness without which no man can see the lord morning november three behold he prayeth acts nine verse eleven prayers are instantly noticed in heaven The moment Saul began to pray, the Lord heard him. Here is comfort for the distressed but praying soul. Oftentimes a poor, broken-hearted one bends his knee, but can only utter his wailing in the language of sighs and tears. Yet that groan has made all the harps of heaven thrill with music. That tear has been caught by God and treasured in the lachrymatory of heaven. Thou puttest my tears into thy bottle implies that they are caught as they flow the suppliant whose fears prevent his words will be well understood by the most high he may only look up with misty eye but prayer is the falling of a tear tears are the diamonds of heaven sighs are a part of the music of jehovah's court and are numbered with the sublimest strains that reach the majesty on high think not that your prayer however weak or trembling, will be unregarded. Jacob's ladder is lofty, but our prayers shall lean upon the angel of the covenant and so climb its starry rounds. Our God not only hears prayer, but also loves to hear it. He forgetteth not the cry of the humble. True, he regards not high looks and lofty words. He cares not for the pomp and pageantry of kings he listens not to the swell of martial music he regards not the triumph and pride of man but wherever there is a heart big with sorrow or a lip quivering with agony or a deep groan or a penitential sigh the heart of jehovah is open he marks it down in the registry of his memory he puts our prayers like rose leaves between the pages of his book of remembrance AND WHEN THE VOLUME IS OPENED AT LAST, THERE SHALL BE A PRECIOUS FRAGRANCE SPRINGING UP THEREFROM. FAITH ASKS NO SIGNAL FROM THE SKIES TO SHOW THAT PRAYERS accepted RISE. OUR PRIEST IS IN HIS HOLY PLACE AND ANSWERS FROM THE THRONE OF GRACE. EVENING, NOVEMBER 3 THEIR PRAYER CAME UP TO HIS HOLY DWELLING PLACE EVEN UNTO HEAVEN. Second CHRONICLES 30 verse 27 prayer is the never failing resort of the christian in any case in every plight when you cannot use your sword you may take to the weapon of all prayer your powder may be damp your bowstring may be relaxed but the weapon of all prayer need never be out of order leviathan laughs at the javelin but he trembles at prayer sword and spear need furbishing but prayer never rusts and when we think it most blunt it cuts the best prayer is an open door which none can shut devils may surround you on all sides but the way upward is always open and as long as that road is unobstructed you will not fall into the enemy's hand we can never be taken by blockade escalade Mine or storm, so long as heavenly succors can come down to us by Jacob's ladder to relieve us in the time of our necessities. Prayer is never out of season. In summer and in winter, its merchandise is precious. Prayer gains audience with heaven in the dead of night, in the midst of business, in the heat of noonday, in the shades of evening. In every condition, whether of poverty or sickness or obscurity or slander or doubt your covenant god will welcome your prayer and answer it from his holy place nor is prayer ever futile true prayer is ever more true power you may not always get what you ask but you shall always have your real wants supplied when god does not answer his children according to the letter he does so according to the spirit if thou askest for coarse meal wilt thou be angered because he gives thee the finest flour if thou seekest bodily health shouldst thou complain if instead thereof he makes thy sickness turn into the healing of spiritual maladies is it not better to have the cross sanctified than removed this evening my soul Forget not to offer thy petition and request, for the Lord is ready to grant thee thy desires. End of October 28 through November 3